Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Voters in Newfoundland and Labrador go to the polls on May 16th. And today we're speaking to three of the four candidates in Humber Bay of Islands, all but Eddie Joyce, who declined to be interviewed by Mi'kmaq Matters. Find out more about the Joyce campaign's dealings with Mi'kmaq Matters on our Facebook page. All towns in the district of Humber Bay of Islands are Mi'kmaq communities. Liberal candidate Brian Dix is a member of Halibut Council. The parties have included Indigenous policy in their platforms. So here are our conversations with the candidates in the order I spoke with them, starting with Brian Dix for the Liberals, then Sean Hodder of the NDP, and Michael Holden for the Progressive Conservatives. So Brian, thanks for coming on Mi'kmaq Matters to talk about the provincial campaign. My pleasure, Glenn. Uh, this is your your second campaign, political campaign, in a short period of time. You were re-elected as the Cornerbrook Ward Councillor for Halibut last October. Cornerbrook, of course, is the largest Halibut ward. And at, on council, you were the lead on a number of important files, especially in the in the fishery sector. And of course, if you win, you'll be off to St. John's and Halibut will have to find another Cornerbrook Ward Councillor. Are you concerned about the disruption to the band uh, if you are successful? On election day. Yeah, thanks for the question, Glenn. I, before I made the decision to to step into this race, I did have conversations with a number of people, you know, within my 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 space, and one of them was was Chief Mitchell and some of some of my councillors and and others um, within the band, to to see what their 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 feeling was on the notion of me running in this election for the provincial election, and what I got was a uh, was a tremendous amount of support from the point of view that they they felt the that if I was successful to have a a Mi'kmaq First Nations person at the House of Assembly I would be the the only one at, at this point in time they felt that there was significant potential upside and value to the band and to and for indigenous people on the island to have that representation there that I would be in a position to advocate and to lobby for some of the things that um, that perhaps First Nations could would, would, would want to see from the uh, from the province. We know that most of the issues around First Nations tend to be federally based, but there is a provincial component, and um, so they they saw that. In terms of the the files I've been working on, I think those files, and again I discussed that with you know people at QTC and and others that I've been working with, and um, even though I wouldn't be on those files per se, I still wouldn't be too far away, and I'd be again pushing from the from the provincial side as it related to any federal uh, DFO-related issues around fishing in particular. I guess it's somewhat surprising there isn't more Indigenous representation in the House of Assembly. You would, um, I'm sure our listeners will let us know if you would be the only Indigenous member of the legislature should you be successful on, on Election Day. But um, uh, And of course, for, for Premier Ball and the Liberals, you give them credibility uh, on the Indigenous front. Um, with your your record uh, as a respected member of Halibut Council, but I wonder if the Liberals deserve you. I'm thinking of the recent um, 
incident in Glenwood where the Premier and his entourage came into Glenwood Ward to announce a mine reopening and didn't tell the Halibut Band. And I understand the band sent off a, um, uh, a somewhat angry letter after that. Um, have you, did you speak to the Premier about that? And are you concerned that, um, you know, they will use your credibility uh, and maybe they don't, they don't deserve you? <laughs> well, uh, of course, I'm aware of the letter that you're referring to, and it was of a concern that was raised by by a number of people, and especially the councillor scared from that area. And, uh, and of course, I'm in total agreement with that, that, that any activities, especially resource development, that are in traditional Mi'kmaq territory, that, that uh, the, the uh, indigenous people are uh, referenced on that and, and brought in to that process. And um, in terms of whether, whether they deserve me or not, I mean, uh, as you know, and, and as you're referring to, I have been, been very active and worked hard in my role with the Halibut. And that's the same work ethic I intend to, to take with me if I end up in St. John's. And I'm not going in there to, to toe the line or to, to, to nod in agreement. I'm going in there to work with, with the team, obviously, um, and, uh, but to represent my district, first and foremost, and all the people in it. And, um, and many of the people in this district uh, are indigenous um, or, or First Nation. So uh, they will end up with a much stronger voice, I would believe, than exists there right now. You mentioned the, if I would be the only indigenous. I, I think I would be the only Mi'kmaq um, ancestry person there. I believe there is an indigenous person there from Labrador. That's good. You have talked about, uh, in your involvement on some of the Halibut files, the, uh, the importance of environmental sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point in Newfoundland history, we are in desperate economic times. The uh, economy is in very poor state. And uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, the people of Newfoundland and perhaps even the government are desperate for jobs. And I wonder if the political reality is that uh, the promise of jobs will always trump the environmental sustainability uh, portion. And it would be very hard to maintain a, um, the, the balance that you've spoken about in the current economic and political environment. Yes, I mean, it, it is a delicate balance for sure. And if we look at at uh, salmon net pen fishing as an example, you know, there, there's a clear one where the lines are, are divided and they're, they're divided uh, very, very strongly on both sides. You know, the whole south coast, if, if it weren't for net cage farming, it would be, they'd be in desperate shape economically. But then there are the concerns for impact on, uh, on wild stocks and so on. Um, those things also, you know, relate to different, Resort, other resource uh, harvesting and, and uh, you know, whether it's issues around fracking, um, you know, oil and gas, and mining and so on. So, you know, for, from a First Nations perspective, we are about protecting the environment and we're about promoting the balance, uh, a balanced ecosystem. And, um, and I think that has to play into any decisions that are made. It has to be given, you know, the, the proper uh, vetting in terms of hearing all sides and to make sure that, that all those voices are reflected around the table in the decision-making process. And again, you know, that's where I think uh, having an indigenous voice around the table will will bring a little more um, uh, strength to that to that uh, piece. Now, you mentioned mining. Um, we have um, in uh, the interior of the island of Newfoundland right now the the gold mine uh, exploration in the Valentine Lake area, um, mm -hmm. going at Marathon Gold. I'm not sure. 
if you're familiar with that. I'm not really that familiar with that, Glenn. It's a sizable development. And um, are you surprised there isn't more more attention to such a um, a significant uh, development in the interior Mm -hmm. of Newfoundland? Well, you know, the fact that at this moment in time, I'm not all that familiar with that development. I guess I would speak to the fact that it hasn't it hasn't been given a, a tremendous amount of visibility. Um, and and what I can say to that would be that if I'm in a position where I where I have an opportunity to impact on policy and on decisions, that uh, I'm certainly going to to give all of those types of projects a good shake and make sure sure my voice is being heard around the table. And you know, prior to decisions being made, whether it's related to environmental assessments or or, uh, or construction and, and jobs and who's going to do it. Let's talk about Eddie Joyce. I think everyone mm-hmm. would agree that he's he's the guy to beat. Um, he's um, he's turned uh, being an independent uh, uh, candidate into somewhat of a plus for him, uh, presenting himself as the fighter, um, beholden to no one except the voters in his district uh, of Humber Bay of Islands. And... Um, you know, I think that's for many people. I think that's a that's a convincing pitch, and uh, of course he's he's well known. And um, how can how can you uh, counter that? Uh, someone who has his his longevity in the in the writing and his feistiness. Glenn, I've uh, I've been spending a lot of time over the past two weeks now speaking with people in the area, and the first thing I do when I when I introduce myself is I acknowledge Eddie and the, the work that he's done and what he's accomplished for this district under the Liberals over the past 25-plus years. And I give him a full thumbs up, and I wish him all the very best for that. The message that I'm sending in terms of, I guess, promoting my candidacy and reasons why why I think people should consider me is more about effective representation going forward. I think it's less about what uh, someone's been able to do or has done and more about what they would be able to do going forward. And that takes nothing away from what's been done. But it's just the, the, I guess, the stark reality that that a, a seat at the government table is going to be more effective in terms of being able, as I mentioned, to to have an impact on policy, to have an impact on on spending and development decisions for your district than than would be possible as an independent. Um, that's really the, the cornerstone of my candidacy. Do you think voters would have had to be concerned uh, about uh, being punished for re-electing any choice? Uh, and uh, I wonder if, if that will be lurking in their mind. Well, I mean, I, I would certainly hope not. I mean, that's uh, that's not the kind of politics that that uh, that I would ever subscribe to, and I'd like to think that that's not the case. I think this is more a case of of you know who will be in the best position to represent the district, and and as much as people have loyalties to an individual, and I respect loyalty. I think there this has also been a liberal district for most of the last 70 years. Uh, there are people who are, are loyal to the Liberal Party, and there are others that will look at it and say, despite my personal feelings on individual candidates, what's in the best interest of my community for the next four years? And that's the message that I'm putting out there. That was Brian Dix for the Liberals. Now Sean Hodder of the NDP. So Sean, for people who uh, might not know you, give us a, a brief uh, bio of uh, of who you are. Who am I? <laughs> Uh, I am uh, originally from Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, my dad was from Pasadena originally. 
and uh, was in the armed forces. Uh, met my mother while I was in Denmark. He passed away when I was eight years old, so we moved to Denmark back in 1975. Uh, so I did all my schooling over there, and uh, I'm uh, fluent in Danish and uh, English, and speak some uh, Swedish, Norwegian, and German. <laughs> So yeah, so I moved back to uh, came to Newfoundland in '94 for a uh, family uh, uh, 50th wedding anniversary, and I'm a photographer of trade, so and I fell back in love with Newfoundland, especially with Western Newfoundland, because of all the beauty as being a photographer. Uh-huh. Uh, so since then, I've uh, met my wife. Uh, we got married, and uh, I've managed uh, several uh, stores around the Cornerbrook area, including. Some of them no longer open, but Foot Locker and Telus. Uh, and uh, now I've decided to uh, to run for politics. So uh, going door to door, what uh, what are you hearing from people? People are saying that um, people are not that tuned into this uh, this election. They're not following it all that closely, and voter turnout might be lower than usual. Is that your sense going door to door? I th- no, I think the biggest sense is that uh, that I've been picking up and seeing with what's been happening is uh, there's a little bit of frustration on uh, and also uh, people are uh, supporting the people that they know. That would be uh, Eddie Joyce, I guess they know uh, best, and then Brian Dix from the Halibut Band. You're finding it hard to break in as... Uh, as uh, as a as a new face uh, in the political uh, world in Humber Bay of Islands. Uh, in some ways, yes. A lot of I find uh, a lot of people are open for change, uh, in what I've been hearing, uh, because it's so much that's been going on ever since the last 20 years that there really hasn't been a lot of movement in things outside of St. John's. And uh, now with uh, the fight between uh, what has been going on in the House between the Liberals and Conservatives about the uh, Muskrat Falls, uh, people are opening up more to change. So I've actually had a fair amount of good feedback from uh, from people when I've been going around, uh, which is great uh, for me because I'm hoping in that way they're going to slip up in between uh, the two of them because uh, the NDP has a great platform. It's looking more out to the people, not just to say jobs, but especially more rural Newfoundland. And I think that's where a lot of the emphasis has to be put on is we need to rural Newfoundland and Labrador to grow and develop uh, so we can uh, retain people so they don't keep on moving away. Now, you mentioned um, uh, the platform. We're talking on Friday, and I understand um, the platform will, re- will be released on on Monday of, uh, of next week, um, which is the day that many people will be hearing us talk. Uh, from what you know, do you know whether there be anything uh, in the platform about indigenous issues specifically? Not specifically. I know that there, uh, we have been working on uh, helping out the indigenous uh, community, and I'm hoping so when Alison Coffin comes in on uh, Monday to sit down and talk to her with some of the ideas that I have about the indigenous uh, peoples around here uh, and the interest group around it and how we can help develop and uh, help the indigenous become stronger, but also... Uh, gain some uh, independence from just getting money from the government, but how they can grow and uh, become more powerful. Mm. Now, one issue that uh, comes up is um, the tension between uh, economic development and environmental protection. Uh, This has come up um, 
in Newfoundland recently uh, in regard to some mining developments where, um, of course, in Newfoundland people are desperate for the jobs, and sometimes uh, they're willing to overlook uh, certain environmental concerns just because the job situation is so bad. Would you be prepared to say no to a resource project um, if there were environmental concerns, even though it would bring jobs, maybe even good union jobs that uh, many of your supporters would uh, would be interested in? That's a great question. Environmentally, I'm, uh, I'm a strong believer in environmental uh, projects uh, to help look at other forms for uh, power and energy that we can get. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of our economy has been based around oil revenues. Uh, I'm more of a green person in that way that I'm all for putting up windmills, solar panels, uh, geothermal projects, uh, and that way can actually create more uh, more jobs than just oil because when you do oil, it's once you get it built, just like in Fort McMurray, that everything got built up, there was plenty of jobs, but after the job was done, then the jobs get eliminated. Uh, so I would rather see that, yes, we have Muskrat Falls, we can't do anything about that, uh, but I'd like to see the government, whoever gets elected in, is that can work on more sustainable and renewable energy sources to create more jobs locally, uh, because they also have to be maintained and have to be put up uh, in and around the areas no matter where we're to. As you say, it's uh, down there, um, it's... Um that riding has been um, liberal for most of the time. I think the PCs might have been in there for a term or two now and then, but it's mostly a liberal riding. And now it's an independent riding with, uh, uh, in terms of, um, you know, Eddie Joyce being uh, the member. Um, are, are you having to get over this concern that people would have that a vote for the NDP is kind of a wasted vote because it's probably going to, it's more, most likely going to be Eddie Joyce, maybe Brian Dix, uh, has a chance, but people might see the NDP as uh, having um, perhaps the 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 least chance of the four candidates of winning. Is that a, a, a sort of thought that you have to get over with voters? Uh, actually, I went in and so looking at it in a different way. That uh, I see, I look at Brian uh, or uh, to Eddie Joyce. Uh, he's been a great representative for the area and uh, what he's done in the years that he's been in, uh, in the House of Assembly. Uh, he's very well liked in uh, the full Humber Bay of Islands. Uh, Brian Dix, the same thing, because where he's uh, involved with uh, the uh, Mi'kmaq Council. Uh, but I think that's what's dividing people more now is that's how to react to that there's a little, it's pretty much two liberal candidates running, because you have Eddie Joyce, which is a liberal of heart, uh, and then Brian Dix. Uh, so who to vote for and what can they do if they get in? Uh, where the NDP looks differently at it and I look differently at it is this is a chance to create a change within the area, to bring in some new, th new way of thinking uh, to get the area developed so we can create more jobs locally. Uh, and I'm all more, more for getting things done instead of trying to uh, find out what's wrong. We have to look to the future, and that's what I'm looking at is I'm trying to be a positive candidate that looks to the future and how we can develop it uh, to make jobs here be more self-sustainable uh, in the jobs that can be developed here. 
And I think that's how a lot of, especially younger people, are starting to look, is we need to look to a different direction to make uh, Humber Bay of Islands a better place to live in. Now, of course, uh, Cornerbrook in the Bay of Islands does uh, has a... Um a sizable uh, labor movement. There's uh, Unifor at the mill and uh, a lot of QP workers in Cornerbrook. Are, are, is there a lot of union involvement on your campaign? Uh, no, actually, uh, I've talked to a couple of union uh, people, but uh, I'm pretty much doing it on my own. <laughs> of course, I love the support of the unions because I believe that the unions are very uh, strong and can do a lot for employees. And especially when I look at how they used to work when I lived in Denmark is that unions, when they work together, uh, they help the people and they help businesses become better, uh, but also fight for the rights of employees. And why wouldn't uh, there be more union involvement in your campaign? Because usually, uh, you know, the NDP is the party of labor and there's usually a close relationship between unions and the NDP. So why would it be that they're not out in force uh, helping you in the election? Uh, honestly, it's because I haven't uh, been really in contact with a whole lot of them. I've talked to a couple, but a lot of uh, unions, unfortunately, don't openly support or support unions. Uh, so it's kind of hard in that way there. I'm hoping on uh, the weekend, because QP is having their convention here in Cornerbrook uh, this weekend. Uh, so I'm getting together with them, and hopefully I can get some help from those guys. That was Sean Hodder of the NDP, and now Michael Holden for the Progressive Conservatives. Well, uh, my name is Michael Holden. I'm originally from Kilbride. Um, I've been away for 18 years, living in Switzerland. have a Swiss wife um, and two uh, Swiss Newfoundlanders, and uh, we decided to move back to Newfoundland a year ago. Mm. And... Uh, We've been uh, living in the province since then, and uh, I have to say I have not been happy with how things are going um, in, with the government, and I really thought this is my chance to uh, to jump into politics to make a difference in Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, so do you have a, uh, a connection with the west coast of Newfoundland? Um, I've brought tourists over ever since I've lived in Switzerland. I've brought tourists to the province every summer, and we always make a trip to the west coast, um, to the Bay of Islands, and to Gros Morne. And uh, it's the most beautiful part of of Newfoundland, the best coast. And uh, it was it was great that I could uh, that I could uh, jump into the election and uh, and run out here. Now, on your, uh, I see on your uh, your various social media profiles, uh, one of your a favorite saying of yours is "Nothing is impossible." Uh, you're uh, a little bit late uh, on the campaign trail, and I wonder uh, what um, what circumstances have to prevail for you uh, for success. What has to happen for a good outcome for you? You know, I know it's going to be a challenge in this district with Eddie Joyce and uh, Brian Dix. Um, but I think I'm the change candidate that's running out here. Um, I think a lot of people want change in the province, in the district. Uh, I've been out talking to voters, um, and uh, I'm getting a lot of great feedback. And they're really happy that they're meeting the PC candidates and that there's an option for them. And um, I know it's going to be an uphill battle, but again, my personal motto is 
nothing is impossible. And uh, I think the next uh, 10 days I'll be uh, hard at work meeting voters, um, you know, getting to know the district better and uh and uh, hopefully on the 16th of May I'm their I'm their man. What are you hearing from people uh about um the matters that are most important to them? I I would anticipate that no one has asked you about indigenous policy, about uh big people or anything like that and perhaps their concerns are more uh about healthcare and education and that sort of thing. Is that would that be correct? Yes, um, of course, um, you know, I've spoken to seniors in the district and uh, many of them are worried about health care. They're worried about the price of electricity. Um, uh, you know, I think there's there's so much we can do in the province. I think chess is the man. Um, you know, we have uh, a very good platform, some very good policies that are uh, um, that are on the table when we when we get in the government. And I think we can uh, we can make a lot of changes once we're uh, once we're uh, in government how does the crosby name uh, work in uh, on the west coast i mean uh, he comes from a, um, a famous newfoundland political family but it's an east coast political family so i wonder if uh, on on the west coast where we are very sensitive about uh, St. John's uh, being uh, colonials in a St. John's dominated colonial system. If the Crosby name sounds like St. John's, I, I think the the district in this area we've had um, PC candidates and even uh, PC candidates not from the area that have been elected. Danny Williams being one of them. Um, I think the Crosby name it's it's you know they they do represent. Um, you know, a political family from the East Coast. But I think Chess is in it for the right reasons. He His heart is in it. He wants to make Newfoundland a better place for everyone. Um, we've lost 5,000 people since the Ball government has been in power. And me, as a father of two boys, 9 and 11, um, I'm thinking of their future when uh, when I'm running. And it's super important for all Newfoundlanders. I think this is a very important election and I'm, I think, um, you know, all of us have to think, you know, how, how can we get young people to stay? How can we attract immigrants here? And I think um, Chaz Crosby is our man to, to do that once he, uh, once he gets elected. Now, um, there is uh, in uh, the PC policy book, there is a, um, an indigenous uh, policy section. And yes. um, it's, uh, you know, it's quite an extensive section of progressive in many ways, um, uh, uh, inclusive of uh, the island and Labrador. So um, I think in policy terms, people who are interested in indigenous policy would be, would um, would like uh, the sort of things that you mentioned in the document. Um, do you plan to do any outreach? Uh, obviously, on the west coast, there you have the we have the the Halibu band. Is there anything uh, in your schedule to meet with them to talk about the policy? Yes, I've already reached out to uh, the chief, uh, Brendan Mitchell. I've sent him a message. I'd love to meet him. Um, has he, re has to, he replied? Uh, no, he hasn't replied yet. But I'd love to sit down and and have and have a chat with him. Um, I think the Halapu are um, key in uh, in this in this area, of course, on the west coast with 20,000 strong. 
Um, they're a big part of our social fabric in the province, and the provincial uh, government needs to include them, um, include them on a seat uh, or at the table. And um, one thing I've been speaking, I have met Halapu voters here uh, the past few days. One thing that everyone has been bringing up is an urban reserve. I think that is an amazing idea um, to have something uh, like that set up here on the West Coast. One thing, personally, I think that the Halapu uh, could be done both um, federally and provincially is a cultural center slash archive slash museum that uh, where Halapu culture could be celebrated uh, on the West Coast because it's been suppressed for so long. I think um, I think the the Halapu culture is is very dear to um, to the West Coast and to all Newfoundlanders, and uh, it'd be great to see a place like that set up on uh, in the Bay of Islands where tourists, for example, could come and uh, and learn about the Halapu culture and learn about the language, the customs, the history, and um, and uh, and then you know bring bring more tourists here. I think tourism. I have a tourism background. I've worked in tourism for 18 years, and I think tourism in general is untapped in Newfoundland. I think we can do so much better with bringing uh, with bringing people here. We've lost tourists. Um, the, the numbers are actually gone down in 2018. Uh, we need we need access. You know, our, our ferry rates are extraordinarily high. Our uh, we've lost flights to to Europe. The Dublin uh, St. John's flight has been is, is, is discontinued, and this is hurting uh, Newfoundland tourism. I think um, you know we really have to get uh, more people here. It's it's a it's a gold mine for for tourists. And, Speaking uh, of that's uh, you mentioned gold mine, and that's uh, <laughs> a convenient segue into uh, another issue that I wanted to ask you about in in the um, in your party's platform, uh, it talks about uh, under Indigenous policy, the importance of environmental protection. An issue that we have uh, ongoing right now is a uh, mining development uh, in Valentine, in the Valentine Lake uh, area of um, of the interior of, of the island. I'm not sure if you're, yep. if you're familiar with that, the Valentine Lake um, gold mine. But um, on the general question, would you uh, be able to oppose a project, even one that promised many well-paying jobs, if the environmental risk was too high? Hmm. Good question. Um, I would have to see uh, first what the environmental risk would be before I can make a decision on that. Uh, of course, jobs are very important in our um, state of affairs in Newfoundland right now. I think bringing well-paying jobs to Newfoundland is extremely important right now. Um, but at the same time, we're moving uh, towards a, a greener economy, and, and environment uh, is super important to many people, especially our young people. And um, yeah, I would have to, I would have to take a look at it and. and uh, first before I make a decision on that. Michael Holden, the progressive conservative candidate in Humber Bay of Islands. Before we go, a programming note on episode 99 coming up next week, we'll have coverage of something that came up in our conversations with the candidates. The gold mine planned for Big Mod territory in the Valentine Lake area. 
and possible impact on caribou herds and the watershed for a large part of the island of Newfoundland. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters, celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio, in Norris Point at Rocky Harbor, tune in on The Voice of Bombay, and in St. John's, catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler, till next time.